Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you are here because I believe that God's word, which is specially designed as your spiritual food, is able to empower you to do what he has called you to do. And very importantly, even more importantly, to be the person he has called you to be. Woo, praise the Lord. Please take your Bibles, meet me in the good gospel of Dr. Luke, St. Luke chapter 16. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of God. Praise God. God's got a beautiful plan, a great plan for your finances. Let's be sure to operate by his kingdom principles, which are eternal, which are bulletproof, which work regardless of what the circumstances would be in the earth. They work. So let's make sure that we work them. And we're going to be looking particularly in verse 10. Jesus said, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And I believe that I'm speaking to an audience of faithful believers who love God and who really want to dot every I and cross every T. Praise the Lord. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust to true riches? Now, verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? My friends, we need to be very proficient in all of our financial accounting. You need to keep all of your financial records in very strict order. Can you say amen? Praise God. I want to encourage you to get receipts for everything that you do, even if it's small, make sure that you have a, uh, a receipt, even if it's a, a $5 meal, that way you can track everything and everything is accounted for. You never want to pay anyone for work without receiving an accompanying receipt with that payment. Because trust me, there are a lot of people out there that if you pay them, particularly if you pay them cash, they, they could come back later and say, Hey, you never paid me. And if you don't have a receipt, all it is, is your word against their word. And there's desperate people out there. There's people out there that do certain jobs and behind the scenes, they have drug addictions and they've got to pay for these expensive drugs. And, uh, uh, you know, these addictions like cocaine or meth or stuff like that, that's, uh, that's pretty prevalent in today's society. And so people can lie you could have paid them, but if you don't have a cash receipt, they can cause a ruckus. They could cause a fuss. And so you want to do things strictly by the book, by the way, when you read through the full story, uh, Luke chapter 16, verses one through 10, which is a parable, a story with very important meanings that we are to understand. You see that the steward over a rich man's estate has been, well, he's been using a lot of the, the money for his own personal gain. And he's been milking off that fund account that he is supposed to be overseeing. Now, of course, he's being paid, but he's taking beyond his rightful pay. And he's reaching into that, that resource because he's got the key to the vault. But he has been found out. And the records, while there have been records that he's kept, they have been, they've been shifted. They've been jostled and he's on to, and he's in trouble. But my friends, good record keeping eliminates so many of these types of problems. Make sure that you always have a receipt. The moral to the story here also is trustworthy stewardship. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And, and, and by the way, that's why I see promotion and lifting up for many of you because of your faithfulness to the Lord right where you're at. And he who is unjust in what is least is also uh, uh, unjust in much. Now, what I'm 
wanting to say next, I received by revelation from the Holy Spirit. And I want you to take it as something that will help you to keep a very tight line in this area of financial accountability. And this is what I received. Don't frustrate God's grace to bring financial increase into your life because of messy finances. I want to say it again. Don't frustrate God's grace to bring financial increase into your life because of messy finances and messy finances are finances that are not managed properly. They are poorly managed. And here is what many people say that are not doing a good job of stewardship. This is what many times they say regarding maybe their personal finances or perhaps even something that they're overseeing. They say, I need more money, but actually no. So often they don't need more money. They need better organization and proficiency to manage the money, the finances that they already have. Look, if you're having problems with your financial world and, and maybe you earn a hundred thousand dollars and you're having problems with that and uh, shortages or th- you know, stuff that you didn't plan for popping up, but it's happening all the time and you're not managing a hundred K right. Well, I need a million dollars, pastor Steve, and that problem will go away. No, it won't. The problem's not the money. The problem is the person and it will not go away. Why? Because money is an amplifier. All money does is amplifies what's already on the inside of you. Money doesn't change you. Money amplifies who you are. In other words, if you already have order and you're doing well with what you have, then God brings increase and money is going to do what? It's going to amplify the order already on the inside of you, the, the faithful stewardship on the inside of you. And that, that level of increase is going to go up smoothly, smoothly. So it amplifies what's on the inside. And I'm trusting that it's order and not disorder. And I'm trusting that it's going to be a heart that is trustworthy, not untrustworthy like the uh, gentleman in the, uh, in the parable. <laughs> and we also want to be disciplined, not undisciplined and money reveals all of that. Mm-mm. Now, let me, let me say this. I have taught, uh, and I'm not teaching on it today, but I've taught before and I've given many scriptures on the biblical wealth transfer that God is touching his people with, and it's the transfer of wealth and assets and resources. But you have to understand when you, and I want this to be in your thinking, you have to be smart for what God is doing in your life. When you think wealth transfer at the same time, think higher tax bracket, because you have to, this is, this comes with that territory. The more wealth that you have, the more that you're going to pay in taxes. So what you need to do is you need to set aside tax money to pay what is required of you within that certain income bracket. And so often if you go into certain higher levels of wealth, you jump into new tax brackets and you need to be aware of that. Well, Pastor Stephen, I I didn't know. Well, the, the IRS is not interested if you don't know. They they're just interested in getting their portion. And so you have to find out, you have to be aware, especially when you're thinking about wealth transfer, when you're thinking about God's financial increase in your life, you have to pull the whole picture up together, and that includes dealing with taxes. Now, if you're not sure how much tax you're supposed to pay and God's blessing you and, and provision is pouring in and you don't really know yet, well, then just set aside automatically 40%, 40%, because that would be the highest tax bracket, so you know you've least got it covered. Now, remember, we're talking about stewardship. There are people that just start spending it, spending it, spending it. And you want to scream, hey, you haven't, you haven't paid the tithe and you, you haven't paid, you haven't even taken the taxes out. What are you going to do at the end of the year when you spend it all? And now you owe this amount of money to the IRS, to the Fed or to the state. What are you going to do? Well, I haven't thought about that, Pastor Stephen. See, good stewardship. Do not frustrate God's grace to bring increase into your life because of messiness, slackness in your finances. 
Mm-mm. I remember uh, it was about 20 years ago when Paul Crouch, uh, he and his wife Jan founded, uh, they co-founded together TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network. And about 20 years ago, Paul said that we were audited. He said, you know, they're at TBN, they got an audit. And uh, so, you know, the feds come in and they look at all the books. They look at all the books, but Paul Crouch said he wasn't sweating, wasn't, uh, he was totally fine because everything was in order. And when the audit was completed, he said the tax man, the IRS guy, walked out on the last day and said, Mr. Crouch, you run a tight ship around here. And so everything's good. Everything's good to go. I see sweatless victory ahead of you. Praise God. Everything lined up in order the way that it should be. No surprises. Everything pre-planned for. And I see discipline in your life, controlled discipline. Praise God. Yes, you're using your faith. And at the same time, right where you're at, you're managing things very, very well. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, here in America, of course, we are taxed uh, on our income and many other things that uh, officials find to uh, uh, pull a little bit here and there from. But the average American, their income tax bracket places them in an area where 30%, excuse me, 36% of their income is taken by the government. Uh, in Sweden, Sweden has the highest income tax in the world where the government takes 57% of all income that's earned from any working person there in Sweden. Very interesting. There's other countries, uh, Japan, real high uh, income tax as well, um, Belgium, Ireland, unfortunately, and some of these other countries. But there are countries out there where the nations are running surpluses and they're very, very healthy. And you know what the income tax of some of these other countries is? A big, fat zero. That means if you earn money, you get to keep 100% of it. Woo! Praise the Lord. That sounds like days back in the, before the American Revolution, <laughs> which was sparked at the Boston, Boston Tea Party because uh, there, was, there was talk of a 2% tax. And I tell you what, the, uh, the, the people of the land were very, very angry about taxes going to 2%. Well, they'd be shocked at what we have today. But there are countries such as Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Kuwait, uh, 0% income tax because the, the nations, those nations are so wealthy. They're just, uh, well, in that area of finances, they are greatly, greatly blessed. So my friends, God's going to bless you. He wants you to walk in good stewardship. And I believe that if things were so crooked that even if the government took half I believe God could make your hole so big that even if half is taken, you're still blessed. See, the Lord Jesus was so blessed. He's walking in the covenant and he's walking in a financial covenant with his father that even with the thief working for him, stealing from the ministry treasury, he's still blessed. Needs are still being met. The ministry is still moving forward. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we want to make sure that everything is in order. Good stewardship. Number one, pay the tithe. Honor the Lord. The tithe belongs to him. And of course, pay your taxes. Uh, prepare for that. We're, you know, in this tax season. Make sure you do things by the book. And also participate in special offerings when you have those special opportunities. Praise the Lord. And we have a special opportunity coming up, which is the Pente uh, Pentecost Pure Gold Offering. Now, some of you are already bringing in your special offerings for this, and uh, I'm calling for the, the primarily for the offerings to come in between May 21 and 23rd. Uh, but if you want to get it in early, that's totally fine, and, and we're happy to receive it. But this is a what we would call a gold offering. And we see in the book of Exodus when the tabernacle was being built that God told Moses, tell the people to bring an offering, a free will offering, gold, silver, or bronze. Then he lists other items. But because this Pentecost offering that we're going to sow into uh, is dealing with that which represents the altar of incense, which the Pure Gold TV program is named after Pure Gold, which is named after the golden altar of incense. That's an item in the holy place. 
and only things in the holy place and the holy of holies could be made of gold. So it has to be a gold offering. Praise God. So I'm asking you to sow your very best in the upcoming Pentecost pure gold offering because 100% of that giving is going to be assigned to the expansion, the increase, and the outreach of the pure gold television program. Right now we're reaching over 1.1 billion souls through our television program, and we just signed uh, a new contract to go on a, a, another network, and I'll share that information very, very soon. It's very exciting. It's actually a network that I really believe it's going to make a powerful impact, and I feel a good connection with it. Praise God. We always pray about where to expand to, and we'll be on multiple times a week on this new network. It's a beautiful network. I'll share that with you very, very soon. But your giving in the Pentecost Pure Gold Offering will help us to continue to preach the gospel literally around the world. And every program now, all of the new programs, they all have an invitation to receive Christ at the end of the message. So you partnering with me builds up the church. It teaches the knowledge of God's Word to the people, and it also reaches the lost. And I want to say thank you for standing with us in this literal global outreach. Now, what you're watching right now, this is, this is the Internet ministry. So the Pure Gold program, that's strictly television. That is a different branch of the ministry, but it's the furthest reaching arm branch of the ministry. So let's continue to support it and see it grow by God's grace. Thank you for giving into that. Now, right now, let's honor the Lord and bring the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse of God. And thank you for preparing your special offering for Pentecost, May 21 through 23rd. I am praying over every pure gold seed that you sow. And I pray that you would do something very, very special, very, very special. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, if you would like to bring your tithes and offerings in by mail, you can. Please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28654. If you want to bring your tithe or perhaps your pure gold Pentecost offering in online, you can do it right now from anywhere in the world. Please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage. It's a red tab. It has a heart on it, and it says give. And you can click there, and you can see the area where you can bring your tithe in, and then you can see the other option for the Pentecost Pure Gold Offering. Mm, mm, mm. And the Lord showed me in a vision that those who sow into the Pure Gold Offering that the golden oil of prosperity will touch them. Woo! Glory to God will touch you. And I believe that prosperity is your portion and you're going to have a big portion. Praise God. Father, I pray that you bless your people. I thank you that they are good stewards. Let them run a tight ship. Let them have everything in order financially, everything in order because you're bringing increase and they have to have order in their finances. Father, I see the extension of zeros onto their asset base. I see zeros being extended. Perhaps, Father, someone would say my assets are $20,000, uh, but I see zeros being added. And those of you that uh, you have various numerical figures of what your total assets and, uh, you know, all of that is, I see zeros being added uh, going out there on the right side quite a bit. So get things in order so the grace of God, the prosperity oil can touch, woo, and that good stewardship on the inside of you gets amped out with all of that extra provision. And boy, 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 are you going to do some things for the Lord? Mm -mm. Oh, yes, you'll, you'll have plenty for yourself. Hallelujah. You'll have overflow, but you'll be able to do some beautiful things for the Lord. Praise God. And that truly is what it's all about. Amen. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Father, bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Now, let's take our Bibles today and go to the book of Joshua, chapter 23. And I believe this message will stir your faith. I strongly feel in my spirit 
that you are so close to your miracle. You're closer than you know. You're so close you can almost taste it. And we're going to keep pushing until you have full manifestation of what it is that God has promised He would do in your life. So I want you to give careful heed to God's Word today because His Word, His anointed Word is dynamite for your spirit. Glory to God. Father, as we go into your Word and we talk about extending the hall of faith, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and bring increase and expansion within us to, to get it right and to increase. Father Solomon had a, he had a largeness of heart. Let that touch your people today. An expansion increase within their heart, their mind picking up on that and thinking in line with that. We thank you. Father, we give you praise. We thank you that this year is a year of glory and miracles and breakthroughs. We thank you for it. We thank you that your favor is falling like rain and that your goodness is overtaking us today in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Joshua chapter 23. Let's begin today in verse 1. Now it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about that Joshua was old, advanced in age. And Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and said to them, I am old, advanced in age. Now look at verse 3. You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is He who has fought for you. Whoo! Praise the Lord. Don't you know all those leaders were standing around listening to the aged great man of faith, the man that received the mantle from Moses, and they're listening to Joshua, their leader, and they're thinking, yep, We've, we sure have. Joshua, you've been quite a leader, and boy, have we ever done some work. And then others, they understood there's more work to do, but whoo, whoo, praise the Lord. They had really had a remarkable leader, and he said, your God is he who has fought for you. And they're thinking, yep, he sure has. My friends, you need to understand how this works. God fought for them. That's why they had all of those victories. And everybody listening to Joshua was like in an amen mode. Yeah, yeah, we've won a lot of battles. There's no question. We won battles that looked impossible because God fought for us. But you have to understand the language of faith. Because do you really think for a moment that when ancient Israel was out there fighting the enemy, they're at, out there hand-to-hand -hand combat. Do you think an Israeli soldier turned around and said, well, look at there, there's God. Man, I never knew God could pick up a sword and swing it so good. Look at God go. Was God actually fighting along with them, swinging a sword, poking the enemy, lifting up a shield, and, uh, you know, doing all of that? Woo, wow, look at God. Mm-mm, wow. Can he ever swing that sword? No, it doesn't work like that, does it? But listen to what he said. Your God is he who has fought for you. Mm -mm. This is a spiritual battle. As you engage in this fight woo, of faith, praise the Lord. The Lord comes in through his angels and begins to fight with you because you are on kingdom assignment and the angels work to bring God's will to the past in your life. So we could say it like this, verse 3, that as you fight, God fights with you. Doesn't mean that God's going to come down into your life and, you know, uh, start showing up and say, here I am, I'm, I'm God the Father, and uh, here's Jesus, and standing over there is the Holy Spirit. Well, we're here to start whooping around today. We're, st we're here to put it on the enemy today. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. No, uh, the whole kingdom of God works through authority. Praise the Lord. And you have to understand that God delegates that authority. And as you go, he goes through, uh, he goes through his, uh, angels and the great 
armament of heaven that he has. And you so often you can't see them unless God would open your eyes or give you insight into the spirit realm somehow. But my friends, trust me, they're, they're there. But you, you have to go. If you don't go, they don't go. If you don't go, they stand still. As you fight, they fight. Woo, praise the Lord. And as we go into a new covenant perspective, this fight shifts from what was on the natural battlefield in Old Testament days of possessing physical land that was held by a physical enemy. We move into the spirit realm where we obtain the promises of God through faith. Praise the Lord. And by the way, even if you have to fight in natural battle, uh, you're not going to beat the nation of Israel when it comes to miracle testimonies of how God fights along with the Jewish people. Even in the modern Israeli IDF army, I tell you what, it's amazing in, the, in 19, 1967 and uh, these various wars they've had, 1973 and so forth. It is amazing the testimonies of how the angelic armies were working in tandem with many soldiers and troops and so forth. Praise the Lord. And we need to be aware of that. And we need to believe that. You, God is a faith God. He, and so you have to work these mechanics of what he has set up of how this all operates. Now, I want to say this. When we're looking here at the life of Joshua, we're going back literally uh, thousands of years in time. We're going back century upon century upon century. And it worked back then. And I want to tell you straightforward that it hasn't changed at all. You still fight by faith. And as you move forward by faith, God God fights with you. Praise the Lord. First Timothy chapter six. We see this in verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Now I've seen some in church get real excited about fighting the fight. And sometimes uh, you have some Christians that'll show up in camouflage, you know, like camouflage clothing, like military style clothing, you know, uh, maybe wearing, you know, combat boots or so. I've seen them do that. And they think, well, we're here to fight the fight of faith. Well, that, that's cool if that helps you identify with this. But this is really a spiritual battle. You don't have to wear camouflage. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, Paul also gave the example or the analogy of run the race. You know, you know, keep the faith and run the race. But, you know, I, I've never really seen anybody show up in church in running clothes. I'm here to run the race. Well, you know, so if we're not wearing running clothes, why do we have to put combat boots on? You know, so you don't really need to do that stuff. You have to understand this is spiritual uh, language. Fight the good fight of faith. Praise the Lord. What is this fight regarding? It, the fight is on this side, you have what God said. Versus on the other side, the adversary, which is primarily doubt and circumstances that you can perceive through your five physical senses. So that's why you have to fight in faith, because faith takes God's word as the rock upon which we stand, while all of these adversarial things that would try to say, God's word's not working. God's word's not effective. God's word's not relevant. You have to fight that with faith. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. And you can win just like Josh, uh, Joshua did. And so many underneath his leadership, they, they were experiencing all kinds of various victories and inheriting their promises and taking what rightfully belonged to them. And they were doing that all by faith because they were up against, uh, you could call it impossible odds, fortified cities and, and you know, everything was going uphill for them, but they were going uphill and they were winning and they were doing it by faith and you can do it too. Praise God. I was thinking earlier today about that uh, intro song by Charles Caps. Charles Caps, one of these uh, classic great Bible teachers and he passed away some years back and he's in heaven now, but I, I really liked this intro song because he would often teach about faith and his song that would roll into his sermons, it kind of went like this. And many of you know it. 
His word is working mightily in me. His word is working mightily in me. No matter what my circumstances, what I feel or see, his word is working mightily in me. And that was just bubbling up in my spirit today. And I was singing that and I was saying that his word is working mightily in me. And you know, you could look around and you could, you could think, well, I haven't seen anything change, but as you're fighting the fight of faith. And I mean, and as, as you're winning, as you're winning, uh, you, you just, it's like in a boxing match or something, you know, when you're hit on points, you know, when you're winning and you know, you're going to, you're going to reach the end of this and you're going to be proclaimed the victor praise the Lord. And that was coming up in my spirit. And those are the types of things that we need to sing. We need to sing, uh, songs to the Lord, worship the Lord. And we need to sing, uh, you know, songs that are in harmony with, of course, God's word Mm -mm. and God's word will work mightily in your life. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 28 and it's working right now. Matthew chapter 28. We have something very unusual in verse 17 makes you really scratch your head when you read it. See if we can uh, talk about this a little bit today and understand what's going on here. Let's go to verse 16 first. Now, then the 11 disciples, of course, now, you know, Judas, he's not alive any longer. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain, which Jesus had appointed for them. Well, by this time, Christ has been raised from the dead and he has appeared to certain ones. And now he's going to reveal himself to all of them together. Now, verse 17, when they saw him, they worshiped him. Now we could, we can wrap our understanding around that. Yes, there he is. Look at him. Woo. Wow. How about that? Look at that. The holes in his hands, the holes in his feet, you know, the hole in the side, so forth, all of that. Amazing. When they saw him, they worshiped him. And the rest of the verse says, but some doubt it. Now I've had people tell me this, pastor Stephen, if I could just have a vision like you've had, you've, you've seen the Lord. He's told you certain things. If I could ever have a vision from Jesus, I would never, ever doubt what he would tell me one-on-one. Uh, you could, if you chose to, sure. Look, if a person is open to doubting this, which is the eternal word of God, don't think that just because you have a vision and you get it directly one-on-one from the Lord, because here you're getting it directly from the Lord one-on-one, but, but don't think that, oh, that if I get it like that, then that just means I've got it for sure. I'll never lose it. No, you have to believe and stay in faith. Woo, praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Is that not a very unusual verse? When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubt it. I mean, you would think, what are you doubting for? There he is. <laughs> are you having a hard time? Go touch him. Go rub his feet. You know, put your hand through his hair. Do what, do, what do you need to do? What else do you need to do to believe? Well, I, I just, I, I know there he is. And I, I did go up and touch him and I've heard his voice. I've looked him at him in the eyes and, uh, and I, I'm having, but I, I'm having a hard time with this. Look, you're going to have to understand something very, very important about God, the way he works and about what he's wanting out of you. And let me see if I can bring this down into like maybe a condensed answer. You need to stop trying to figure out miracles from a mental perspective, because with your mind, you're never going to be able to do it. You've got to get out of this mental realm when it comes to operating in God's kingdom. Now, yes, I'm a big believer in education. I'm a big believer in developing the mind but not absolutely not at the expense of creating an anemic spirit that is depleted and that is not built up in faith. No, because there are places that there are places in God. There are places in the the way miracles work. There are places in faith. You can never ever go with your intellect. You can only go there in faith that is in your heart. 
And if you just stay in the intellect and you look around, look, I've seen, I've seen people see miracles and it not move them a bit. Why? Because they're just think, well, no, I admit I saw that and that, you know, I, you know, I don't really have an answer for that, but you know, I'm just, I just something about it. I just, you know, I just don't know. So, you know, why they're in the mental, all they're trying to do is analyze. Uh, they're, they're working on a platform that is not able to get them to where they need to go. And so whoo, praise the Lord. You must make that adjustment because you don't want to live in a room of doubt. We know that Hebrews chapter 11 is actually called the hall of faith. Uh, sometimes we have the, you know, we hear the terminology in the earth, the hall of fame, you know, for sports hall of fame or mu musical hall of fame. Well, Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of faith, but you never would want to really be at a place where you're like known as being in the hall of doubt. Yep. I finally made it, Pastor Stephen. I just gave God such a hard time. I, I put myself in the hall of doubt. <laughs> no, get out. Get out of the room of doubt. Get out of the hall of doubt and get over into faith. Because as long as you stay in that doubt, you're not going to be able to receive what God wants you to receive. You ready for this? All of the promises of God are accessed through faith. Not trying to logically figure it all out. Now, Jesus, I see, I see you standing there. I, I saw you get crucified too. I'm not, Lord, I'm having a hard time with this. I, this. This doesn't add up. No, it never will to the mind. You can't go there intellectually in this. This is not the vehicle that will take you into the miracle power of God. I was um, ministering once in Taiwan, been there multiple times. I love Taiwan. And when I was ministering, uh, there was a particular time when a very strong anointing came upon me and the Lord even told me, he said, you do what you want and I'll back it. I thought, wow. Okay, Lord, let, well, let me think, you know, of course, Holy Spirit's helping me to do, I'm not, not going to do anything that God wouldn't want me to do. That's why he kind of, in a sense, gave me freedom to be creative in how I was going to minister to the people and even what the ministry would be. And so I, I chose to do certain things that were, uh, it, it would, it would create a, uh, different quick changing aspects of God's glory that the people could see that manifested. Now I didn't know this, but while this was going on and I'm, I'm ministering to the people, they told me later that there was a woman standing in the back watching all of this. She's a Christian. She is a Christian, but she's an intellectual one. Okay. Very, very head dominant. And she was watching everything that was going on and she was seeing the miracles. The, the, the things that were happening were so strong that it went, um, it wasn't like just one person was happening, but the, the whole group, the whole room, which was a large conference center, about 400 people, they were all encountering at the same time. And then it would shift. And then we go into something new and then they would all encounter that. They were laughing. They, you know, they would all scream out the same thing. And then we'd go into something different and they would all laugh. And it was, we're going from this, this, this. And the lady was standing in the back. They told me later going, how is he doing this? How is he doing this? <laughs> okay. The whole time she's saying, how is he doing it? She's not entering in. Although it's happening, she can even see it. She can pick up on the various manifestations, but she's actually not into it, enjoying it like all the others are. Mm -mm. How do you get into that? Uh, not with your head. Mm, not, not with philosophy. Now, uh, uh, Pastor Stephen, we need to sit down and we need to psychoanalyze. Every, no, 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 no. You're never going to get anywhere like that. And I've got a verse. I've got a verse that's going to set somebody free and it's going to help you get into the glory and it's going to help you to get into your promised land. Well, one day when you're old and you're getting to that edge, that end of the line, you'll be able to say, just like Joshua did. Woo. Wow. We got a lot done. Man, God fought for us. God has done great things. Why? Because we went and took it by faith, by faith. Mm, mm, mm. Woo. Praise God. There are many that they can't take it. They just get stuck in the um, paralysis of analysis and never computes and never. And, and so they're doing all of that. And the whole time others are running, 
running into their promised land, grabbing, taking inheritance, rejoicing in the Lord, rejoicing in what Christ purchased for them on Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're fighting the good fight of faith. Mm -mm. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Well, let's consider just for a moment what the original Greek says. In the original, it actually says, have the God kind of faith, or basically, if we paraphrase that, have the same kind of faith that God himself has. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about his faith touching you, and you're operating with his faith in you. Wow. Praise the Lord. You can operate with his love in you, and you can love people that even wouldn't be nice to you, maybe would be nasty to you, maybe have even persecuted you. And with that love of God, you actually look at them, you feel sorry for them, you feel compassion for them. Maybe they know what they're doing, maybe they don't, but you actually feel a love for them. Wow, that's the love of God. Well, just as you can have the love of God operating your heart as a new believer, as a child of God, you can also have his faith, that, that element of his faith, or we could say that measure of his faith on the inside of you. Praise the Lord. Mark 11, verse 22, again, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, please listen very carefully to this. Some of you have heard it often, but let this, let this help you. Get into your promised land. Listen carefully. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Faith, my friends, is not something that's intellectual. Now, remember, with your intellect, with your mind, your mind is very much connected with your body. And, you know, uh, if you touch something, there's these nerves that are sending signals to your brain. And your brain is saying, you know, you know move quickly, that's too hot, <laughs> or, or it's okay. And all of these transmissions are being made. But it is your body that is contacting the, the physical realm of what you see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. And all of that information is being sent to your brain. Your mind is able to process that, and you're able to function in this world. But you must understand that faith, believing God's Word. I'm not just talking about random faith in like, you know, who knows what. I'm talking about faith in God's Word. Faith in what God said. Faith in what God told you that is in agreement with his word. My friends, faith is in your heart, not your head, not your mind, not your intellect. Well, I have faith, but, um, you know, uh, this doesn't, this, uh, from what I'm seeing, no, no, I, I the, the, no, we should, no, no, see, that's, that's not faith. That's just intellectual assessment. And that, that can be good. There's, there's, there's a place for that, but not, when it comes into these areas of moving into the manifestation of God's promises and possessing your promised land. You're going to have to do that with faith that is in your heart. And your heart is synonymous with the term spirit, or sometimes Peter and uh, the Apostle Paul, they both used uh, interchangeable words like the hidden man of the heart, the hidden man of the heart, the inner man. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect. And this is all within your body, your physical body, which is the house that you live in. Mm -mm. But in your spirit, 
in your inner man, in your heart, that is where faith resides. And this is something very, uh, very fascinating. Years back, Prophet Kenneth Hagin said that he understood something amazing, that God's Word will work when that faith in God's Word is in your heart, even if there's doubts that might be in your head. Let me, let me say that again. Faith will work in your heart, even if there are doubts in your head. Because your head, your soul, when I'm talking about your head, I'm talking about your intellect, the, the, the mind area. Your soul is not yet fully redeemed. When you were born again, your body did not get born again. You, you didn't go back to the age of, you know, the, the, well, you know one week old. <laughs> no. Uh, when you, you were born again, you didn't go from brown eyes to blue eyes or, you know, different hands. No, no. So it wasn't a physical experience, nor was it a soulish experience. When you were born again, your mind did not get saved. When you were born again, your spirit was born again, or your heart was recreated, and you passed from spiritual death, the old person, into the new person with now the life of Christ in you, and you have been, sometimes we can call it regenerated, or born again, or as Jesus told Nicodemus, born from above. Woo! The life of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit coming into you, and it's within your heart, your spirit. That's where faith is at. And let me tell you, when you are in faith and you are fighting that fight of faith, there are times you know you're winning. You're winning. It's just like in the natural. You know, I'm doing really good. I've got the enemy on the ropes and I'm not stopping. I'm going to continue to build my faith. I'm going to continue to meditate on the word of God. And I'm, I'm going to stay in this until I, I possess my inheritance for the ancient Israelites that would be going into the promised land. But God said, I've already given you the land. The enemies are there, but just drive them out. The land's ready to throw them out because of their vile sins. So go up, possess what rightfully belongs to you. And God fought with them when they fought. And so you go by faith. You can't go by your mind because your mind will say, wow, look at the size of those walls. Wow, those guys are pretty big standing up there. They got, oh, they got, uh, look at that. They've got crossbows. We didn't know they had those. Yep, look at that. They've got catapults back behind those walls. And so your mind, you, you can't go into places like that on this mental reasoning. You go by faith in your heart. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Jesus. It's your heart that connects you to God's eternal realm, that it connects you to his kingdom and the way that his kingdom works. Woo! Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Please, let's go over to that classic hall of faith itself. We're going to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Glory to God. Father, we give you praise today. I want to look at a particular verse that I, I enjoy a lot. To me, it helps explain the difference between what real faith is and others who just try to do things, but it's only in their head and it doesn't work for them. And then they stand back and say, I don't know why it doesn't work for us. Seems like it works for them, but it won't work for us. We're trying to do the same thing. Uh, it, that's because it's not in here. Mm. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, let's go to verse 29. By faith, that would be the Israelites. By faith, please underline that. By faith, not by reasoning, not by We've, we've assessed this and this mentally all lines up. Now this doesn't line up. We're about to go down into the water. Even if it's split open, we're going, whoa, we're going down into the depths. It says they went down into the depths. Hmm. Now there are some who have proposed a theory that the Israelites crossed over in an area known as the Gulf of Aqaba. And there is a submerged land bridge about a hundred feet beneath the water. And some of these uh, that propose this idea say that when the water split, they actually crossed beneath. Uh, they actually walked on that submerged land bridge and they got across a lot quicker that way. Let me just say, God doesn't need anybody's help. 
to try to figure out how this happened. My Bible tells me they went down into the depth. That's why this is a type or a shadow or a symbol of water baptism. You're going down. You're going down, which also would denote that baptism is submersion all the way under. And you're going down, and you're going to come up on the other side into newness of life, which is what baptism is representing, which is why anybody that is a Christian needs to be baptized in water. It's a commandment, not a suggestion. Praise the Lord. Please read the closing chapter of Matthew chapter 28 if you're not familiar with that commandment. Now, whoo, glory to God. My friends, it says here that by faith, by faith, by faith, they went down into that. No sweat. No like, whoo, we're going to die. No, no, none of that. They did it by faith. Whoo, I sure hope we get through here. No, they enjoyed the journey. They enjoyed the walk. Wow, look at those walls. Seems like they're congealed or something. Hmm. Feels like jello. Hmm. Some people say frozen. Uh, it's not in the Hebrew. The word Hebrew is it was like congealed, almost like a like a firm like type jello or like a silicone type gel type something or another. Everything was suspended up in it. And they're down at the bottom on this path that has been supernaturally dried out by a mighty wind that blasted through there and dried up all the mud and goop. And they're walking on this path looking at these massive walls of congealed water. Wow. And they weren't thinking, better get out of here quick. No they, no, they went through it by faith. They did the whole thing by faith. And when you do it by faith, even if your mind says, this is pretty wild, your spirit's like, let's just enjoy it. God's in this. I'm in faith. We're in faith. Look, look, look. Anytime God ever tells you to do something, it will always work no matter how crazy it is. But you must know that it's from God. You must know that it's from God. If it is from God, you can do it in faith and you don't have to sweat. You're actually, you just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Woo, praise God. Mm -mm. Now, I've done some things that God said, you can do it. But I knew I could only do it for that moment. It was a word of wisdom. Don't go back and try to do it again. That word was specifically for that moment. And when the moment happened, I did it. And the whole time I did it, in these special moments, I knew well, that this is pretty crazy, but I enjoyed it too. I wasn't like, no, no, I knew God was in it, but I knew that he said, you can do this or, or do this. Praise God. Whoo. Hallelujah. Now watch again by faith. They passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians. Now, remember. You had a lot of symbolism in the Old Testament, Old Testament types and shadows, New Testament, you know, realities and truths unveiled. Now, Old Testament, you had, you had Egypt, a type of the fallen world system. You had a governing evil power, a ruler, Pharaoh, a type of Satan and the Israelites, God's people. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a picture of salvation. Okay. Coming out of bondage, coming out of slavery, coming out of sin, being delivered from Pharaoh, being delivered from the power of darkness, from the power of Satan and moved into the kingdom of God's dear son, the kingdom of light. Okay. You get, you get the picture. <laughs> okay. But the Egyptians, they're representing those that don't know God or his covenant, nor his ways nor how his kingdom works, nor his principles. And it says attempting to do so. Well, well, now we saw how they did it. We're going to do it the same thing. We're going to try it too. Or you can try. It's not going to work for you. Why? You don't have faith in your heart to do it. You don't even know how that works. Mm -mm. Well, what, what happens when you, when you try it? What happens when you intellectually analyze it and say, now that they've done it and it took them uh, 23 minutes to do it. Let's go. Come on. We can do it too. You and I both know it's not going to end good. <laughs> They're all going to die. <laughs> woo. Woo. Glory to God. Mm -mm. Uh, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. They all drowned. They all died. Well, we, we tried it. We thought we had faith. Well, obviously, obviously not. Obviously not. L look, there are those in the church that need to stop saying, well, we don't understand it. We did it. We used our faith. No, no, stop saying that. If uh, something's not right and it's not God, it's not God. Because mm -mm, he's studying consistent all the time. 
But you do have a lot of people that step out and uh, they're very, um, they're very zealous. They love the Lord and that, that's good. That's, that's good. But you learn, you learn through growth and maturity. You must have marching orders from heaven. Mm. You must have Holy Spirit clarity or else. Oh, how awful you're reduced to just trying to operate and figure all this out intellectually. You're reduced to like our physicality or strong enough to take it. Uh, okay. You think we can do it if we run it fast enough or intellectually like, Oh, where is this line up and all? Oh, what limitations on your life? What limitations you put on your life when you do not live by faith and you do not take God at his word. You could have Christ crucified, resurrected, stand right in front of you and worship him and, uh, and doubt him because you're getting out of the spirit and you're getting over in the flesh. I know that's him, but uh, I, I just don't know. Wow. Mm-mm. Praise God. Praise the Lord. My friends, I believe I'm talking to those who God has spoken distinct promises to and it is God's will, God's desire to extend chapter 11 onward throughout the eternal ages with your name being placed in there along those who did amazing things like verse 33, who through faith, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises. Hmm. Praise God. Stopped the mouths of lions. Quenched the violence of fire. Escaped the edge of the sword. Well, Pastor Steve, we're all going to be martyrs. Well, you, you can use your faith to keep on going. You can use your faith to escape the edge of the sword. Maybe you just don't feel like getting chopped up today. <laughs> all right? Use your faith. Oh, we're all going to be chopped suey, Pastor Stephen. They're going to slice us up. No, no, no. I'm using my faith. We're escaping out of this. We're avoiding this. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Who by faith escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness, were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned the flight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. And on and on and on and on it goes. On and on it goes. There's a place for you in the hall of faith, not in the room of doubt. Mm-mm. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, yes, you can worship the Lord. God, you know, he's there. You can worship him. But if you want to work with him, you want to work with him. You're going to have to get rid of those doubts. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord and get into a place where you're feeding your faith and you're taking your land. Mm-mm. And you're going to be so happy. You're going to be so happy. Praise the Lord. I want to reiterate again. Some of you are so close to your miracle. Praise the Lord. Treat doubt like a poisonous snake. Stay away from it. Don't play with it. Treat it, treat it, treat it as something very dangerous and deadly. Stay away from it. Do not let it get into your heart. Praise God. Keep your heart pure. Fill your heart with the word of God. Now, now the good news is that eventually one day our, our souls, when I say, let me say this. The word soul can be described in two ways. Sometimes it's used to refer to the totality of man. We see that in scripture where it says eight souls were saved in Noah's ark. Okay. So a, a soul is representative of a whole life. Okay. But most of the time the word soul is denoting that mental aspect of man, your feelings, your emotions. Okay. So here's the good news. One day your soul will be fully redeemed. Woo! Hallelujah. Your heart already has been. You've got the down payment on salvation, but there will one day be full salvation when your mind is fully redeemed. Wow. And your body will be raised up and you will receive that. That's of course, if you, if you were to die and live your life out and die before the Lord were to come then, uh, but, but you know, then again, if you're caught up in the catching up of the saints and it happens, then you're getting your glorified resurrected body. Mm-mm. And then we roll into eternity. Mm, praise God. 
Of course, after the 1,000 years are wrapped up, we have the 1,000-year reign of Christ, then a short time where the devil's let out for another short little fiasco to do his thing, the round up, one final, you know, uh, attempted overthrow, and that gets crushed, and then he's finally thrown into the lake of fire forever. Boom! Goodbye, good riddance for all eternity. Mm-mm. And then, and then we continue on. Praise God. My friends, you're only down here for a little while. Use your faith, receive and possess all that God has made available to you, and particularly the special promises that He has given you. We see again in verse 33, they obtained promises through faith, not hoping and a wishing. Ooh, Pastor Stephen, I'm hoping and a wishing. Get off that stuff. Get on what works and has worked for millennia. It worked for Joshua. Why try to reinvent the wheel? Use faith and possess and take the promises of God. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching today. Strengthen them with your word, with faith. Let your Holy Spirit come along and lift them with the gifts of the Spirit to encourage them and, and inspire them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, for a clarity on what they're supposed to tackle the promises that you've given to them. Not everybody else's, to them. And Father, I thank you. I thank you. There's room for them at the top. There's room for them in Hebrews chapter 11. Thank you, Father God. Let them come into that bold company. Now, Father, we give you praise. We call it done. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. If you're watching today, I need to let you know that salvation can be received through faith. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can know Him right now and receive Him into your heart and His eternal life and forgiveness of sins right now by trusting Him and using faith to receive Him as Savior. If you would like to do that, pray this simple prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross at Calvary and you rose three days later. And I believe you died for my sins. Jesus, I'm a sinner but I look to you to save me now. Jesus, I give you my heart. Come into my life. Wash all of my sins away with your precious blood. I ask that you would write my name in your book of life. And I take you as my Lord, my Savior, and my God. In your name I pray. Amen. Woohoo! Welcome to the family of God. Mm, 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 mm. Praise the Lord. Now, if you are a believer in Christ, let us all take holy communion together. I know many of you watch, and this perhaps may not be your, your church home. For many it is, but others you watch, you enjoy the teaching. You're welcome. Please come along with us and take communion too. Praise God. Amen. Grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Let's pray over it. Father, we thank you for this bread and this juice. We bless it and consecrate it through this prayer right now. And we set it apart as holy. We thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Christ our Savior. And we know that and believe that by faith. Thank you, Father. Not intellectual reasoning. By faith. Jesus said, when you receive this, this is my body and this is my blood. We believe by faith. Pastor Stephen, it still looks like grape juice to me. It's the body and blood under the veil, under the form of bread and juice. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the body of Christ. We receive his flesh now with great thanksgiving. And we thank you for his great sacrifice of his life and the example that he lived for us so that we can walk in his footsteps as Christians believers in him and his words. Father, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the flesh of our Savior. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Mm -hmm. 
Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, the sinless Son of God, your Son, never sinned. Father, he shed his blood for us so that we could receive the new covenant that he has made for us, including so many precious promises. And Father, also individual promises catered to each unique believer. And Father, as we receive his blood, we thank you that it's because we are in him. It's all because of Jesus. And thank you for our right standing with you through him and what he did for us at Calvary. We proclaim his death until he comes. Father, we celebrate the blood of Christ and we receive it now by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's protect together. Praise the Lord. Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith, your salvation experience, and your faith projects. Stay with him. He's going to fight with you to help you finish the current projects you're on and bring them into full manifestation. Father, bless your people. I thank you. They go in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for watching. See you back next time.